Rodgers, start your engine! It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to this podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here on your favorite podcast location, whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to download, listen in, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. My name is Alfie and I'll be joining you here to deliver to you this brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we've got some great guests that'll be joining us this week here on this edition of Southern Race Week Radio's podcast. We will be speaking with the president of Darlington Raceway, Carrie Tharp, along with Ted Austed of the Atlanta Motor Speedway, and then also driver for Rev Racing, LaVar Scott. So we'll be speaking with those three great gentlemen coming up here momentarily on this podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio after coming off another crazy weekend of racing at Daytona International Speedway for the Xfinity Series and Cup Series and then a rare Sunday afternoon race for the Truck Series and the IndyCar Series also in action on the final oval track of the 2023 season for the NTT IndyCar Series. But the, the big story coming out of Daytona over the weekend, in case you did not see it, were two very, very hard-hitting crashes that occurred. One of them involving Ryan Blaney, who was able to get out of the car and had no issues or problems, as if we know as of yet. But the big incident took place for Ryan Priest, the driver of the Stuart Haas Racing number 41 machine, who took multiple flips on the grass surface, one of the uh, drivers who were able to see the incident uh, was Joey Logano. This is what Joey had to say following the race about the incident with Ryan Priest and the number 41 machine. Uh, well, I saw the big one uh, off of four there at the end of the second stage, um, and I just saw Priest rolling in my mirror, uh, which looked like the most violent roll we've seen in a long, long, long time. Well, it's pretty violent looking, too, from the big screen there, so when I rolled by it, so... That's scary. So there you go. Joey Logano with a great perspective of what he saw in the rearview mirror uh, when the incident occurred for him, seeing the 41 flip multiple times. But as we said, Ryan Priest is out of the hospital. As uh, we take a look at all the action racing-wise from this past weekend in our weekend racing recap here on Southern Race Week Radio, as we take a look at the action as the uh, truck series are currently in their playoffs right now. And after Carson Hosever crashed a two-driver party, Pole winner Grant Enfinger rallied for victory in this past Sunday's Clean Harbors 175 at the Milwaukee Mile and clinched a spot in the round of eight of the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series playoffs. Enfinger, who led 95 of 175 laps, passed Hosever for the top spot on lap 159 and pulled away to win his third race of the season. The victory, the 10th of Enfinger's career, was a point proven for the Alabama driver whose GMS Racing truck team announced it would discontinue operations at the end of the season. Carson Hosever was your runner-up. Christian Eckes was your third-place driver. Corey Hine finishing fourth. And Matt Crafton rounding out the top five. And taking a look at the current playoff standings right now in the Truck Series, Grant Enfinger is your number one ring driver. Ty Majeski is second. And both of those drivers, having wins in the first round of the playoffs, have advanced themselves into the round of eight. 
Corey Hine is ranked third. Christian Eck is in fourth. Carson Hostover is fifth. Zane Smith is sixth. Matt Crafton is seventh. Nick Sanchez is eighth. Ben Rhodes is ninth. And Matt DiBenedetto rounding out the top ten. Now, the Truck Series is off this weekend, but they'll be back in action Friday, September 8th in a cutoff race for the round of ten before they slash two drivers, and then we'll have eight drivers that will battle it out for the championship after the race at Kansas Speedway. Once again, that'll be Friday night, September 8th. Over to the Xfinity Series, Justin Allgaier won the NASCAR Xfinity Series race at Daytona International Speedway in double overtime this past Friday night for his first victory in 26 starts at the famed track. The 37-year-old Allgaier had finished second at Daytona twice and even had the lead on the final lap in the season opener back in February. He looked like he might have to settle for another runner-up, but held off Sheldon Creed by 0.005 seconds after several late crashes led to two overtime restarts and 10 extra laps. It was the fourth closest finish in the history of the second tier series. It was Allgaier's second victory of the season and 21st of his career. As we mentioned, Sheldon Creed was your runner-up, Daniel Hamry finishing third, Parker Klingerman in fourth, and Cole Custer rounding out the top five. And currently, here's how the playoff standings look in the Xfinity Series. John Henry Nemechek is your number one ranked driver. He's got five wins in the season. Austin Hill is second with four wins. Justin Allgaier is third with two wins. Cole Custer is in fourth position with two wins. Sam Mayer is in fifth with two wins. Chandler Smith is sixth with a win. Sammy Smith is seventh with a win. And Jeb Burton is in eighth position with a win. Spots 9 through 12 are currently in the playoffs right now via points. These drivers do not have a win on the season. That is uh, Josh Berry in ninth, Sheldon Creed 10th, Daniel Hemrick in 11th, and Parker Klingerman holding on to that 12th position. Well, the 16-card field for the Cup Series playoffs were finally settled this past Saturday night at Daytona International Speedway. And Chris Buescher won the NASCAR Cup Series regular finale at Daytona this past Saturday night, eliminating fan favorite Chase Elliott from playoff contention and sending Bubba Wallace into the postseason. Busher and teammate Brad Keselowski finished 1-2 and two for RFK Racing. It was Busher's third victory in the past five races, making him a title contender no one could have expected two months ago. Because Busher had previously won the season, Wallace took the 16th and final playoff spot on points. Chris Busher was asked after the race if he feels confidence going into the playoffs. Makes you feel, feel pretty confident as we head into the playoffs, knowing that um, you know certainly the last what five weeks have been uh, massive highlights but um, but there's been a, a lot of lot of days and a lot of finishes that I've been very proud of throughout the season and um, that's uh, combining those with, with what we've done you know here as of late that that's what gives me the most confidence heading into the playoffs is that that we're going to be flexible and we're going to be good at lots of different places as we mentioned earlier Brad Keselowski was your runner-up Eric Almirola finishing third Chase Elliott in fourth and Joey Logano rounding out the top five and here you go here are the 16 drivers that will be battling it out for a championship here in the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series playoffs William Byron is your number one seed Martin Truex Jr. is seeded number two Denny Hamlin is third Chris Buescher fourth Kyle Busch fifth Kyle Larson is in sixth Christopher Bell, 7th, Ross Chastain, 8th, Brad Keselowski is 9th, Tyler Reddick in 10th, Joey Logano, 11th, Ryan Blaney, 12th, Michael McDowell, 13th, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is 14th, Kevin Harvick is 15th, and Bubba Wallace rounds out the top 16. 
Over to IndyCar Series, no driver in the NTT IndyCar Series makes the improbable possible more than Scott Dixon, and he did it yet again Sunday at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Dixon showed every bit of his masterful ability to save fuel and navigate traffic to win the Bomarito Automotive Group 500 this past Sunday in the number 9 PNC Bank Chip Ganassi Racing Honda, earning his 55th career victory and second win this season. Pato Award was your runner-up, David Malkus in third, Alexander Rossi in fourth, and Scott McLaughlin rounding out the top five. And taking a look at the current point standings right now, Alex Pillow continues to hold on to the championship standings. Scott Dixon is in second position, and Joseph Newgarden rounds out the top three. And taking a look at action coming up this weekend in the world of racing, the IndyCar Series will be back in action on September 3rd for the BitNile.com Grand Prix of Portland. Once again, as I mentioned, that'll be September 3rd. The green flag will drop at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch all the action on the big NBC, Peacock, and then radio coverage provided by the IndyCar Radio Network, which can also be simulcast on Sirius XM Radio. The NHRA Series will be in action this week for the Dodger Power Brokers NHRA U.S. Nationals from Indianapolis, Indiana. That'll be August 30th through September 4th. The Xfinity Series will be in action this weekend as well in Darlington Raceway for the Sport Clips Haircuts VFW Help a Hero 200. You can catch the race on the USA Network. Radio coverage provided by the Motor Racing Network, which will also be simulcast on Series XM NASCAR Channel 90. That'll be Saturday, September 2nd. The green flag will drop at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then the Cup Series action as the playoffs will kick off from Darlington Raceway for the Cookout Southern 500. That'll be on Sunday, September 3rd. The green flag will drop at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the race on the USA Network. Radio coverage provided by the Motor Racing Network, which will also be simulcast on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. So there you go. That is your weekend racing recap here on Southern Race Week Radio's podcast. This is Alan Kavanaugh. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network itself as we continue on this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. We're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline as he's getting set to welcome in NASCAR Nation Labor Day weekend for the kickoff of the 2023 playoffs with the Cookout Southern 500 Labor Day weekend of September 2nd and the 3rd. And to break it all down for us and preview everything that's going to be going on at Darlington Raceway for Labor Day weekend's action, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the president of Darlington Raceway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's good friend of the show, Mr. Kerry Tharp. Mr. Tharpa, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. We are. I appreciate uh, being on. I always love your introduction. One of the best in the business. Look forward to talking to you about uh, the track Too Tough to Take. Uh, always looking forward to have you on the program, sir. You've been a great friend of the show over the years. And before we talk about all the action that's going to be going on at Darlington here for the kickoff of the playoffs, Labor Day weekend for the Xfinity Series uh, and the Cup Series, I do want to take this time to uh, talk about a little bit about the news you uh, 
relayed to NASCAR Nation a couple of months ago, announcing that you'll be retiring from uh, being the president of Darlington as well as your career uh, in NASCAR. So um, I think I read somewhere that you weren't particularly a huge racing NASCAR fan when you first started kind of getting into uh, this business. Is, is that true? That is true. Uh, you know, I, I've been in college athletics about 25 or 26 years, and that's all that I knew. And uh, when I was approached about working for NASCAR, uh, my initial reaction was, well, I don't even follow NASCAR. I don't really even like it. <laughs> and uh, But, boy, did that change in, 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 a, in a hurry. And so, you know, I've been down the sport now for almost 19 years and, and have truly loved it. Uh, it's been a, a great opportunity to, to work in a, a sports league uh, that has as much passion and, uh, and just, uh, you know, class as, as NASCAR does. Uh, and, and, but yeah, I mean, I, I quickly became a fan, but at the early on, right when I first started working, you know, I, I had, I had a huge learning curve on, on, uh, uh, transitioning over from college sports to, uh, to NASCAR. And tell me about that experience when you went to your first NASCAR race. I know my first myself personally, I also was not a NASCAR fan. Uh, when I went to my first event uh, covering for a local radio station near Atlanta Motor Speedway, and I was like, I don't really want to do this. But I ended up going because at that time I kind of started off in radio and I was kind of a yes guy at that point, did everything that my boss told me to do. <laughs> So I ended up going to the race, and I got to tell you, I walked out of Atlanta Motor Speedway, that first event, uh, feeling the awe, the excitement, and the atmosphere of NASCAR. Tell me about that first race you went to when you started working for NASCAR, and what were your thoughts after you finished that first event that you worked for? Well, I tell you, the uh, the first event I think that I went to uh, was, was at Talladega Super Speedway uh, in, in 2005, and and, uh, you know, you talk about going right into the frying pan. That's one of the largest tracks that we have on the schedule and certainly one of the biggest properties that we have on schedule. And so I really had no idea what I was doing or where I was going, uh, to be honest with you. But I had a great, uh, a great team around me and a great people that I was working for at the time. And, and uh, they showed a lot of patience. And I was able to, to kind of, find my way around, but I, I just was, was, uh, uh, I was blown away by just the, the size of the facility at Talladega, the enormous crowd that they had, uh, there. And, uh, you know, it was, it was something that I hadn't seen, uh, you know, in my, in my lifetime being around, a a facility that big. I've been in a lot of big college football stadiums, that's for sure. But, but uh, uh, you know, a property the size of Talladega that is hundreds and hundreds of acres uh, was something that uh, that uh, was was quite different. And and just just all the the things that surround a NASCAR race, all the camping and the you know the midway and 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 all the hoopla that surrounds a NASCAR race was uh, was something that was. Uh, uh, you know, something to behold. And during your tenure at uh, Darlington, you've done a lot for the facility. You've added another race date to uh, the track. You've done the excellent job of the throwback weekend uh, for NASCAR, which has been really cool. 
uh, of all the accomplishments and all the things you've done at the track, is there anything that really stands out to you that you're that you kind of have a a, a real you know good memory about? Well, it's been a great uh, uh, a great run here, uh, almost going on eight years. Uh, being able to get our second race date back was was huge. Uh, that meant a lot to the uh, to the track, to this community, and to the state of South Carolina. But you know, being able to come back and do live racing uh, and do live sports, for that matter, in, in May of 2020 during the pandemic was something I'll never forget. And uh, it was you know a time in which uh, not only had the uh, really the entire nation been put on pause, but, you know, the, obviously the sports world was put on pause and there was no live sports there for about eight or eight or nine week period. And, and, uh, so for us to have that opportunity to come back at Darlington and put on live sports in May of 2020, uh, was something I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, I thought NASCAR did the best job of any of the sports leagues in navigating through the pandemic. And uh, I was just blessed and happy to be a part of that uh, uh, of that uh, uh, event, and uh, that's something like that. Like I said, I'll always I'll always cherish and remember that. Speaking with the president of Darlington Raceway, Kerry Tharp, on this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, and uh, Kerry, you're going to be welcoming NASCAR Nation here September second and the third Labor Day weekend for another great tradition at the, the track Too Tough to Tame, which is the uh, Cookout Southern. 500 race weekend and this officially kicks off the playoffs for the Xfinity Series and Cup Series. I know you usually do a great job. I've had the opportunity to go to Darlington one time in your illustrious uh, presidential career there at the track and I got to tell you just driving into the tunnel and coming into the uh, the facility is something that gives you goosebumps. I, like I, I've, I've told you every time we have an interview it's like going into Wrigley Field or or, or any of these classic ballparks or any of these classic stadiums that you walk into, you get the goosebumps, you sense the history around. And uh, I, I, for, for a fan here in the southeast area who've, who's never had that experience of going into Darlington, what, what, what is a new fan who's never been to the track going to experience when they come there for that uh, race weekend during Labor Day weekend? Well, you know, as I tell people, we're we're not the the fanciest track or even the most modern track, but uh, I, I think I think we're the coolest track on the circuit, and we're kind of like the Wrigley Field of NASCAR. We have a lot of mystique, a lot of tradition, uh, and and just you know so much history here, dating back to the uh, you know the late forties, nineteen fifty, when we first opened and first raced here, and so. People that come here uh, to Darlington are going to be exposed to that history, going to enjoy that history. And, uh, you know, when you look around and, and you see the list of all the winners that have won here at Darlington, the, the Pearsons, the Yarburghs, the Earnharts, the Gordons, uh, it's just a list of who's who. And, uh, you know, when, 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 when the teams and, and, and drivers look at the schedule, uh, certainly they want to win the Daytona 500, and that's the Super Bowl, and it always will be. But not too far right behind that is the uh, Cookout Southern 500, and it is a an event that uh, drivers and teams want to win very, very badly. Uh, it is a crown jewel event on our schedule. Our fans are going to be exposed to some great camping uh, a lot of activities in the campgrounds, a lot of things in the fan midway. We're going to be packed up in the midway. It's a great way to kick off the playoffs 
and uh, we certainly look forward to it. And another advantage of having a race is how much it helps the local community with all the fans in town from out of town who come and visit and enjoy the weekend. And with now adding a second race day to your facility, it really helps the local uh, population there with the businesses, hotels, and restaurants to uh, have some revenue come in and help out the community as well. Well, there's no doubt about it. Uh, You know, our economic impact uh, that uh, uh, has for for the state, the latest economic impact study that we have uh, that the University of South Carolina uh, conducted for us, it's upwards of $112 million of direct and indirect economic impact. And so the vast majority of that stays here in the PD area of South Carolina where we're located. And so, you know, that's a big, that's a big number. And, uh, you know, we bring in fans from really all over the country and and virtually uh, all over the world uh, that come to our race. And, uh, you know, they camp, they, they spend time in hotels, they eat in restaurants, they buy ice, they buy gas, they buy beer, and they like to go to Myrtle Beach. And, and uh, it's just a, a great opportunity for us to showcase not only our area, but the state of South Carolina as well. And also, Mr. Tharpa, one of the great things about the event as well, and any event you go to in NASCAR is the affordability of getting a family to come out and enjoy a great weekend with a family, purchasing tickets, you know, souvenirs, concessions, uh, all of that. And that's something you guys uh, carry on the tradition as well, is uh, making the event affordable for a family to come out and enjoy a, a beautiful race weekend. Well, it is affordable. I mean, compared to some of the other professional sports, uh, I think ours is very fan-friendly. Uh, you know, for instance, our race on Saturday, the Sport Clips race, uh, kids 12 and under are admitted free with a paying adult. You can't, you can't go to a major league uh, football or, or, or uh, you know, a pro football or major league baseball game and for a kid to get in free like that. That's, that's, just, not, that's just not how it works. And so... Uh, we take our pride in, in being, uh, you know, uh, trying to make it affordable for our families because, you know, a lot of our fans come from miles and miles around and and uh, they spend their hard-earned money and want to come over for to Darlington for three or four days. And so we want to make it worth their while and, and want to make the, t- the tickets affordable and, and for them to be able to come here and, and spend time with their family. We want it to be something that uh, – Uh, that they come back year after year. Well, I'm sure tickets are available and campground sites are probably still available, but they're going to go up quickly as we get closer and closer to that race date. Just head on over to DarlingtonRaceway.com or call toll-free 866-459-7223 to get information on uh, purchasing tickets and campground sites. It should be a fun weekend, Mr. Tharp. Everything kicks off on Friday, September 1st with the Holler Showcase and Parade. September 2nd, the Xfinity Series Playoff Race to Sport Clips Haircuts, VFW, Help a Hero 200. And then we recap it all on uh, Sunday, September 3rd, the 2023 Cookout Southern 500, the first race in the playoffs for the Cubs Series. And Mr. Tharp, as always, we really appreciate you taking time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. You've been a great friend of the show. It's been an honor to get to know you over the years here that you've been on the program. Uh, enjoy your retirement, sir. Well deserved, and uh, looking forward to hopefully maybe catching up with you sometime down the road, my friend. I appreciate it very, very much. Hey guys, Dave Burns from NBC here. You're listening to Southern Race Week. Welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week, right here on your favorite radio station and favorite podcast location. This week on the show, uh, we're talking a little short track racing. 
with my good buddy, Ted Austin. Ted, welcome back to the show, sir. Well, thanks, WB. Appreciate it. I know I don't. I know I don't get to spend as much time as we have in the past uh, talking with you about short track racing, but uh, it's always good to hang out and and talk a little racing. I I, I look forward to those times. I tell you what, Ted. This you know, uh, there's not a whole lot of stuff going on in the short track world, but what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Well, probably the biggest news that uh, came out earlier this week was the SRX. Uh, Thursday Thunder series that uh, Tony Stewart kind of spearheads and gets a, a bunch of uh, current drivers, former drivers from all across motorsport, not just cup racing or NASCAR, but, but, but gains the, the drivers from like Jonathan Davenport won a week or so ago. And, and Paul Tracy, the road racing guy actually got kicked out because guys didn't want to race with him anymore. Um, but they'll have drivers from across the gamut, uh, across the spectrum of, of racing competing at different short tracks around the country and ESPN hopped on board with it uh, last year and it's really turned it into a cool uh, series during the summer. It happens on Thursday nights. It's broadcast live. It goes to short tracks around the country um, and uh, Tony has been kind of unique in, in creating the series to where it doesn't go to the normal uh, tracks that you would think of that that uh, NASCAR goes to or some of the, the higher end uh, uh, professional circuits go visit. He moves it around yeah. and uh, came out uh, earlier, like I said earlier this week, that they've renewed the contract with ESPN. It'll be a six event series again in 2024. Don Hawk, former NASCAR director, the former director of Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, worked for Speedway Motorsports for a little while. He's now kind of the manager of the series, for lack of a better term. And uh, he posted the other day in one of the articles that ESPN put out that they're looking for proposals from racetracks and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, myself, I was, I'm like, okay, maybe this is the opportunity for here in Georgia, uh, the southeast, for Lanier Speedway to kind of get a resurrection. Maybe yeah. uh, I know that Cindy Elliott's up in charge of the Georgia Auto Racing Hall of Fame now. Maybe uh, her and Bill could get together with Chase and use the Chase Elliott Foundation and do a charity race, work out a deal with uh, um, Bruce Pifke, the owner of Lanier Speedway, to lease it from him and maybe reach out to Tony or Don and say, hey, let's put one of these SRX Thursday Thunder races on at Lanier Speedway. I think they could do very well with it. I think that uh, it would be a, a great way for Bruce Pifke to uh, resurrect the short track racing side of things with Lanier. Could be a great moneymaker um, for the foundation with Chase and an opportunity for, for Cindy to get some some publicity and some notoriety for the great uh, Georgia Auto Racing Hall of Fame that just needs a little shot in the arm on the PR side of things. So just just my idea, throwing it out there. I, I, I was thinking about different ways for Lanier Speedway to get used again for Bruce to be able to kind of uh, jumpstart that thing. He's not a short track promoter. Um, he's more of a car show promoter. So somebody's going to need to come in there and do it for him, and he can just lease it to them. So there's the idea, WB. That's the idea I'm putting out there. I don't have time right. to do that, but there's idea number one for you. So, um, so that, that, that's an idea for the SRX series. It's a cool series. And, and maybe if, if there's some people who might want to put some time into that and find some money behind it to, to, to make it work, that'd be kind of a cool idea. If y'all just other, other news, 
Yes, sir. Oh, oh you want to say? Well, I was just want to. I want to remind. No, I just want to remind people <laughs> of the legendary voice that you're hearing is Ted Alstead with our short track news. Well, let's get to the uh, Ted Alstead on the old Food Depot hotline here. Ted, let's get to the real quick now. Uh, the rumors, the lies, and gossip. What people are fussing about these days? Well, it it seems to be every year is uh, social media gets under the skin of people that actually produce these racing events and and, and operate short tracks and and invest their time, their money, give up uh, so much during the summer months to uh, put races on and everything like that. And, and there's, there's such a, 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 a uh, notion that, that people think that there's so much money that has to be made by these promoters and these track owners and everything that they just, you know, they can't understand why they don't share some of that wealth with drivers or, or lower ticket prices or, or things like that. And so they start to, you know, become keyboard warriors and everything. And they don't understand the sacrifices and the, the margins that are really small in short track racing, a lot of these events are very, very marginal. A lot of work goes in for a lot of times a little reward on the financial side of things. So it's really a labor of love. And sometimes those keyboard warriors get to people. I mean, Chris Tilley, who's the promoter of the series, the, the Valvoline Ironman uh, Dirt Late Model Series up in the Kentucky, Tennessee area, uh, kind of got fed up with a couple people that were bad-mouthing the series, bad-mouthing tracks that the series runs at, and, and kind of let them have it on, on social media. He's not going anywhere. But he kind of got fed up and, and kind of uh, laid it out on the line. Unfortunately, there's a couple that ran a great karting facility up in New York, the Genesee Cartway, uh, Kurt and Bonnie Stevens. They basically they got sick of the folks and the bad publicity, the bad mouthing, the, the actual lies that people were posting online on social media pages. And they said, you know what? we got better things to do. We're, we're, we're sacrificing our family's time. We don't do things anymore on the weekends during the racing season because of the racing program. And they got fed up with all the things that were happening. And they said, we're not doing it anymore. And they shut the cartway down. And now everybody's crying, where do we race? Um, people need to kind of keep in mind that uh, social media, although it can be a great promotional tool, it can also be detrimental. And uh, these promoters, is they work very hard. They, they sacrifice a lot, not just their money, but their time, their family time and stuff like that to put on shows and put on events. And as race fans, as drivers, uh, we need to be a little bit more appreciative of those sacrifices. And so, so that we can keep this, this sport and the short track side of things alive for many years to come because there's great times at these short track facilities. Hey, guys, this is Jansen Marshbanks, Tour and 12 driver of the Cars Tour. And you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southeast. We continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. But we're very honored and privileged to welcome in our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline. He is a driver for Rev Racing. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. LeVar Mr. Scott, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Sir, you're a great friend of the show. We always appreciate it. We can carve up a couple of minutes to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio along with our our audience as well. So thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's always uh, fun to talk to you about 
what's well, going on in my life and what me and brother up to. So thank you for having me. No, oh, no problem at all, sir. And, of course, we definitely had to have you on this week, my man, because uh, this past weekend – you were able to get yourself a, a checkered flag over there at Airport Speedway for the feature of the uh, 600. Uh, tell us a bit, a bit about that victory there you had this past weekend at Airport Speedway. Yeah, it was an awesome race. Um, actually, I wasn't I wasn't planning on racing that, this race like the day before on uh, Friday. Um, just had I, wait, I raced that Wednesday just to have a lot of work to do in my car and uh, prepare because I, I don't like going to the track with the a half-prepared car, so I'm always have to make sure everything's maintained very well. So I know it's going to be a lot of work to do Friday night and Saturday morning, but uh, we got it done. And this is kind of a, a new setup me and my grandpa have been trying with this car, and so I wasn't even going to the track, like, really expecting to, you know, you can always come away with the win, but it was at that exact time I was just planning on just learning and using the uh, as a chance to learn more about the setup we're running and try, try to make changes to it just to improve on it. But uh, for some reason, whatever we tried, it, it worked really well. We were... We started eighth in the heat race and got up to third and for got to an invert and um, started first in our in our feature and just cars hooked up. We just let it, let it, let every lap it came to a win. And how do you feel about dirt racing? Do you, do you prefer the dirt over the asphalt or is it matter to you? Uh, I love the asphalt. I think the asphalt is a lot more you need more patience. It's more calm. It, not more calm, but you have to be more mentally prepared, mentally strong to put put together a full asphalt race. You know. 20 laps so that's a lot more opportunity to mess up make mistakes uh dirt you just do after for 25 laps and whoever is the most aggressive and just want to get it done in just 25 laps is going to be the winner so um there's definitely there's different um different things you need to be successful in both of them but uh, i love them both now they're both completely different styles of racing now do you prepare yeah. differently for when you dirt race compared to when you when you're racing on the asphalt is there a different way you you mentally prepare yourself for for events like that I would say um, yes. I mean, I don't really like to overthink and overanalyze uh, dirt racing. Um, it's kind of just you're going to run hard for 20, 25, 35 laps, and wherever the grip's at, you just hope your car set up pretty good to, to run where it's at for those good amount of times. So I don't really mentally prepare too much and do a lot of preparation stuff for dirt races because it's kind of it's kind of got to go there and do it and get it done. Um, asphalt is, is different where you. you you have to kind of know what time the track's going to kind of change or what's this car doing. And if I, if I do, if I make this change to put more front brake bias in, it's going to make the car do this or my tire beats. There's so much more. You've got people talking to you. So there's so much more that's going on in the asphalt race. It is a dirt race that you kind of have to mentally prepare for and study about the track and how to pass at this track. Because every, every asphalt track is different where there's different grooves, different lines, different ways to pass. It's like, IRP was I never been to a track like that where you had to really throw slide jobs on an asphalt car. So um, it's just more, it's, it's definitely more mentally preparing for an asphalt race than it is for a dirt race for me. And and racing with Rev Racing, it seems like they give you a lot of great opportunities. Like we've mentioned, you're currently in the Arca Series, but it seems like they give you a lot of opportunities to race in, in different style of cars, different tracks, and, and, and different type of cars. Do you find that uh, essential and useful? Uh, in the ARCA series, and then, and if you do decide to move up in the in the tier levels of NASCAR, do you feel like getting all this time behind the wheel helps you in and becoming a better driver and 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 kind of improving on your skill levels? One hundred percent. That's kind of the purpose of why there is the lower series because you need the experience and to race these different tracks that are at an early age and in a, a smaller series to kind of know what you're doing when you get the opportunity to move up. So, um, I absolutely love this Red Racing team. Red Racing team and uh. It's given me every resource I need to be successful. We've been racing. I think we got in eight races already this year, and we're planning to do some more. 
So um, we race I've tested a mile and a half. I race at a super speedway. I race short tracks. Uh, I need to get on a road course. Though. That's my next uh, venture. Just trying to uh, be really good on road courses. But um, they've been giving me all the resources I need to be successful, and I uh, can't wait to move up and show and showcase what we can do here at racing. Speaking with Rev Racing driver LeVar Scott on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, and you're also racing the ARCA Series uh, for Rev Racing. And, and tell us about how you're doing so far. And you're also getting an opportunity to showcase a lot of your talent on television because FS1 sometimes, you know, broadcasts some of those races as well. So tell me about your season and, and what you're looking forward to accomplish before the, the end of the season. And, and maybe looking ahead a little bit to next year, what, what are your plans? Do you have plans settled in for 2024 yet? Yeah, so this year so far we uh, we raced at uh, Daytona, which is probably our, our our best. I won't say our best race because we were able to finish second at Flower, but it was the most, just the biggest. And it's Daytona, so it's obviously it's gonna, that's going to be the biggest one. And uh, we led a lot of laps there. We had a chance to win in the end, but just something's happened on the last lap. We wasn't able to win, but we still came away with a fourth place finish, which was awesome. That was my, like you know, I came from short track dirt racing and then be able to race at the biggest. Because asphalt tractor is, which is Daytona, and and do decent there. It was really really cool for me and my team to racing. Um, but other than that, we've been we're right now we're third third in the Arc East series, so we've been everywhere we go, we're really consistent. We've been getting good results and learning a lot with the team and making really good adjustments with my crew chief, whether that be on track or off track, just learning as much as possible with this team. And I can't wait to I can't I don't know exactly what's going on next year. I think we have some ideas of what's going to what's going to play out, but uh, as long as I'm here with that racing, everything's good with me. Well, LeVar, really excited to see you wrap up the season, and, and I'm sure you've got big plans and big things going on for you, not only next year, but definitely in the future of your racing career. Um, if our listeners want to keep up with your racing schedule, know what's going on with you, maybe purchase uh, merchandise or keep up with you on social media, uh, where can they go to follow along with you and keep up with what's going on with the latest in, uh, in, in your life as well as your racing career? Yeah, so uh, all my website stuff and merchandise will be on LavarScott.com. My Instagram is LavarScott.34, Twitter is LavarScott, and Facebook is LavarScott. So uh, pretty easy to find and follow. This is Kim Coon. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie. As we wrap up this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And once again, thanks to our great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. The president of Darlington Raceway, Carrie Tharp, along with Ted Austed from Atlanta Motor Speedway, with the latest in short track news. And then also LeVar Scott, racer for Rev Racing. And thanks to those great gentlemen for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. And if you want to hear this episode again or listen to any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio, make sure you check out the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is uploaded and ready to be listened to every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. So just head to one of those podcast locations, go to the search, type in Southern Race Week Radio, and download, listen in, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Because as a subscriber... Every time a new podcast is up and available for you, you'll get a notification to let you know that you can tune in and listen to the latest episode of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And also get the latest racing news and information 24 hours a day, 7 days a week via our social media platforms. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash southernraceweek or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And you can follow me at Twitter 
at Alfie underscore 19 or follow our fearless leader at WB Radio Network. So please uh, make sure you like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. And then also our email address is available to you 24 hours a day. So feel free to drop us an email. Let us know what you think about the show, or maybe you're an up-and-coming driver who would like to get some exposure here on Sunday Race Week Radio. Hit us up at srwradio at yahoo.com. That is srwradio at yahoo.com. But enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. Hey!